I'm Arya Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We are back with WNBA stocks, where Owen Pence and I check the market in the W as of today, September 20th. like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider that's patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com we're back with WNBA stocks where we check the pulse on the market as of today september 20th just two days removed from the last game of the WNBA finals there's a new set of queens in town um and speaking of amazing written content over on winsider.com winsider.com we have owen pence with me as we do WNBA stocks owen how's the market feeling today oh the market is glorious we we got we got a championship team in las vegas for the first time ever you know the the four locos are 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 being crushed as we speak the uh, the parade it, it will be getting underway shortly. Just a, a celebratory uh, couple of days for a team that has certainly given me a lot of joy and just kind of exudes good fun energy. Um, so I'm I'm excited to be recording this pod and and to talk about uh, the Las Vegas Aces, your 2022 WNBA champions. Uh, real quick, uh, rumor has it that Steph Dolson stopped you from jo- from boarding the private jet to fly to Vegas with the team. True it's, or false? It, this is true. This is true. I, I, I've, I've been seen rocking my Asia Wilson jersey in New York uh, while I'm off the clock, let me add. Uh, and and yes, I, I was I was close to making the trip, and uh, and Steph set one of her her you know very solid screens and. Uh, and you know that's that's what she does. I'm just imagining. Um, oh, I really hope a listener makes this. Uh, <laughs> putting your face on Sophie Cunningham and Steph's face on Kalia Copper. <laughs> <laughs> just you're not getting on this plane, Owen. Um, and side note, I just want to shout out here and defend you because you know what? You should be rocking WNBA jerseys as you gallivant across the New York metropolitan area or anywhere in the world, because it's all all of our jobs as WNBA fans and people who support the league to get out there, spread the message, um, and get talking, right? And that's how you get more followers, more viewers. I can guarantee Owen, he has never told me this, but I can guarantee that somebody has stopped Owen or made a comment to Owen at some point about it. In fact, um, during the WNBA playoffs, I happened to be in Italy wearing a Simone Augustus jersey and somebody stopped me on the streets and was like, is that a Minnesota Lynx jersey? And I was it, like, hell yeah. It's, and it's beautiful. You know. It's one of the it's one of the best feelings. It happened to me. I was rocking a a Candace Parker uh slam cover uh t-shirt 
you know, and this was like, I think right after their series with New York, which is actually a funny full circle moment here and talking about that Steph Dolson moment. And it, it was funny. I don't really hold it against her at all, but I, I do totally agree. It's like, we're all here to spread love for this league and we want to see it grow. And I think some of the most genuine moments in which you can actually really feel the momentum is when you're in person, just out in the world, rocking someone's shirt or someone's jersey. And so I had this great moment where I'm rocking Candace Parker's shirt, which is funny because, you know, Candace Parker helped Steph Dolson win a ring here. Uh, you know, I'm not just about the aces. I, I, I like to spread love across all the 12 teams. But uh, this this chef, it was at a restaurant and it was one of those restaurants where the, the kitchen is kind of open so you can interact with with the chefs. Was the chef cooking up triple doubles? The chef was cooking up triple doubles. He, he was he was uh, and he was cooking up just WNBA love. And he said, I love the T-shirt, man. He said, I'm a Liberty fan, you know, but uh, I got to hand it to Chicago. Like they they really played well. Candace is a is a legend. And I loved it. It was it was a great moment. It's like this guy, you know, clearly follows the Liberty and uh, and and, you know, was disappointed by the end result of that series. But but still wanted to show love. I was like, these are the moments, you know, that that you you love when you're a WNBA fan. And they happen a lot. Like people show love. So that's kind of what made that, that more and more and more. Well, Owen, it's like the Apple boom of the 2000s, the cell phone boom of the 90s. The hottest stock right now is the Las Vegas Aces. But honestly, 2022 is the forever known as the year of the Wilson, right? Like how fitting is it that in 2022 is the year that Asia does all of this and she wears number 22 Talk to me about your upstock today, sir. Th- that's amazing. I didn't even think about the poetry of her number in this year. Nobody's talked about that. And I'm sitting here like, wait a second. Am I taking crazy pills? Yeah. No, that's that's beautiful. It, it really does because it really, I mean, I could go on. I'm going to have to, you know, try to try to be a little concise here because I could really, you know, go on for, for ages uh, about this team. And I, I think you nailed it. Like this, this was Asia's year, right? We had... Uh, you know, so many amazing moments that she has given us in her pro career, not to mention the fact that she won state championship in high school. She won a national championship in college at South Carolina in 2017. And then she comes to the pros and she really knocks off every accomplishment accolade that you could without having yet won a title. And the way this built was so beautiful because it was it was gradual and it was filled with some devastating losses. It was filled with a lot of frustration in years where we felt like uh, either coaching or roster construction was holding this team back. And through it all, Asia continually just gets better and better, dominates the league, wins MVP in 2020, does it again this year. And you just felt like it was inevitable that eventually she is going to win a championship. She is just that good. She is undeniable um, and really just a delightful person through and through, even in those moments that, that were really tough through the ups, through the downs. This just felt like Las Vegas' year. Like it sounds a little corny to say, but ultimately, if we look back on this season as a whole, right, they signed Becky Hammond to a seven-figure deal 
in the offseason. They were not messing around. And I have to give Bill Lambeer credit because I was very critical of his of his coaching, you know, for for the last couple years of his Aces tenure. And I, and I wouldn't hold back about that in articles. And Bill himself, it takes a selfless person to be the head coach of a number one seed, be the head coach of a team that has a really good shot at winning the title and say, you know what, I am not the right person to see this through. He stepped down. He stayed connected with the team. He was there in Connecticut for games three and four and and really was just so happy for, for everyone on this team. It was pretty beautiful to see. But that kind of seamless transition of power to bring in Becky Hammond, who had the foresight, who had the vision, and who had the coaching chops for right now. Because Bill won three titles. Like he he is secure in his legacy. But for 2022, they needed someone new. They needed someone fresh. Becky was that coach. It was the Aces year. We I remember we were recording Stocks Pods at the start of the season, and we're like, we can't talk about the Aces as stock up yet because it's too obvious. We waited three or four weeks. Oh, we had to because it was like ridiculous. Also, side note, I have to get biblical. Hearing you say that, Bill Ambeer is the Moses of the Aces in the sense of brought them to the promised land but was not allowed in the promised land. He had to step away and let somebody else bring them into the promised land, the championship. Exactly. And it was just, a, I mean, it was kind of perfect how it went. Like, not only do they start hot, no, not only do they win the Commissioner's Cup, you know, they had a little dip in the second half of the season, but ultimately they were the team of 2022. They lost two games in the playoffs. And let's not, you know, take Seattle and Connecticut lightly. Those are two extremely talented basketball teams. Um but it felt as if everything coalesced. Like, this was beautiful, I think, for a number of reasons. But the thing that sticks out to me in Asia is obviously at the forefront of this. But you look at all the key players on this team, and it was kind of the season that they had all been waiting for that we all knew, you know, these players were capable of, but we hadn't quite seen it from them yet. Like, obviously, Asia had already won an MVP, but this year she starts shooting threes. She wins Defensive Player of the Year. She's she's simply dominant in every facet of the game. Jackie Young, obviously one of my favorites, uh, somebody I wrote about in the middle of the season, puts in the work in the offseason in Australia, gets even fitter than than she already was, improves her, her jump shot drastically, wins most improved player and just has the most validating season, you know, you could ever imagine. Kelsey Plum has her best season. Number one pick, someone who was called a bust and who really came in this year so focused and and was just electric for this team offensively and 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 really, you know, saved them during points in the season where where other players might have been struggling. Chelsea Gray, lot lots been made of, you know, the all-star snub, this, that, but ultimately Here's a player who in the second half of the season locked in and carried that throughout the playoffs in one of the most memorable, dominant, dazzling playoff runs we have ever seen in the history of basketball. You just go down the line on this team, and it was players who really kind of had everything come together this year, and it manifested in a dominant playoff run in which you know they sweep Phoenix, they beat Seattle 3-1. They beat Connecticut 3-1. This was the team of 2022. The the vibes, and I wrote about this today, which you can check out on winsider.com. You know, it was about the basketball. They were so focused, so locked in on the court. But they balanced that with just 
having so much fun in the moments between the competition. This was a team that really got along, that just enjoyed each other's company. And I, I don't think you could take that for granted. I think that stuff spills onto the court. The fact that these players had each other's backs and really just enjoyed being around one another, I think that that helped them in the moments when when the goings were tough on the court. It was like, you know what? I can trust these players. And look at game four. Look at the end of the clincher. The most unlikely of heroes, Raquana Williams, who had probably her toughest season in years, maybe of her career, battling injuries, comes back. You know, this team's bench is derided. Everyone's like, oh, they're too thin. They're not going to have enough depth to win the title. And lo and behold, it's a reserve who gets hot in the fourth quarter and secures a championship for this team. So I, 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 it was really fun. It was, it was an honor and a privilege to, to cover them. I was super psyched and, and grateful to be able to actually get in person to my first WNBA finals and uh, just a team with amazing vibes through and through on the court, off the court, everything couldn't be happier for the aces. So you basically took my notes and just read my part also. So thanks, Owen. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, I would say, and we, we were preparing for this episode, and we are like, okay, there's obviously the aces are the top dog stock, you know, right now. It's stock check, stock wash. You know what I mean? Like, they are the best. Oh, who are the other up teams? We struggled a little bit. I mean, I think realistically, honestly, when we looked at it, there's only one other team that was an up team in our mind, and that's the Atlanta Dream. Um, the Atlanta Dream, definitely in the right direction. Jumped beyond where we thought they should be. Um, ha- have a, a like shot to Dan Padover, right? Guy who basically created the roster that just won a championship. And you have him uh, and uh, arguably, you know, a finalist, as it were, uh, for Coach of the Year and Tanisha Wright. And I think this is a team that, yes, this last season wasn't exactly the, you know, well, no, I can't even say that it wasn't the step forward that they wanted or looked for. I think this was they took two steps forward when they were hoping for one. They have the culture shifted. They have the player that they needed from this past draft. And looking forward, you know, they're going to have other opportunities to add players. They are becoming a place where free agents want to go. To me, that's every sign saying uh, dream up, aces up as far as just, you know, simplicity right like i look at these other teams and we were like oh who what should we do for down teams and 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 i said like well you look at the rest of the league and honestly it's volatile you don't know if it's up down in between or or whatever and and when i say that i know some people are going to look at me as probably the same way owen did when i when i listed some of these teams but let's just kind of go down the list owen unless you sorry i i'm just skipping through i've had a little bit too much coffee Oh, and any thoughts on the Atlanta Dream? Yeah, let me just do one final note here on the two up teams before we get to it, because I think you you nailed it, right? Like, you know, other teams might be situated very well going forward, and we'll get to the other 10, or, or, or situated well. I don't want to say very well. I think that the two teams who you can just, you know, unequivocally say future is incredibly bright are the Aces and the Dream, and I think that is the interesting thing here is like, you know, usually it last note on the aces here. Usually you win a title as Chicago did last year. And then you're like, there's a bazillion questions about this roster. Right. And obviously James Wade did a great job and, and actually improved the roster and it didn't end up working out. But, uh, but in the aces case this year, they have everyone locked up, ready to go. 
Chelsea Gray, Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, Dierka Hamby, Raquana Williams, these players are all coming back. And one would think that that they might be able to do a little more with their bench and through the draft than they did this past offseason. I, I, I honestly think uh, that the Aces have the best chance of repeating that we've seen in, in, in you know modern WNBA history and really could become the first team since the you know 0102 Sparks to go back to back. Um, and as far as Atlanta goes, I mean, 100%. I think Tanisha Wright just changed the culture. She instilled a toughness in this team that it was severely lacking, you know, for the previous couple seasons. They developed an identity. They grind you out on defense. They now have their their future star and really already a current star in Ryan Howard. They're situated very well going forward in terms of what they're going to be able to do in the draft, where they're selecting. Um, and they've just kind of they, they, they've stabilized. They've, they've once again become a place that's going to be attractive for free agents to come and play. Um, and that really wasn't the case the, the previous season. So I think if you're looking at teams who just are very secure in where they're at right now, Vegas just won the title and everyone is coming back and ready to get after it again. And, and Atlanta, you know, was on the precipice of the playoffs in a year where no one expected them to be competitive. And, and has, you know, young talent that they are very, very optimistic and excited about. So those two teams, it's just like no downside to where they're at right now. Everyone else, it's a little more loaded, and, and we're going to dive into that now. The, the uh, devil's advocate in me really wants to take the bait to talk about the Aces' repeat chances. But you know what? No, today is not the day. It's parade day. It's drink the champagne, which, by the way, I did not know Michelob Ultra makes champagne. Was that just like malt liquor? Like, was that a 40 in a champagne bottle or what do they make champagne if they make so, champagne? We were wondering this. So it was funny because that visitor's locker room is is absolutely tiny. And I included this in the piece. It was hilarious that the, it was open to media and uh, and Asia starts spraying one of the champagne bottles in our direction near the door and says, "Get out! Look at media! Get out!" Uh, it was hilarious. There, the you know, it was sopping wet on the floor with champagne. It was very definitively champagne in what looked like you know forties, uh, but no, they were they were champagne bottles, and it was news to to all of the reporters that that Michelob Ultra was was in the champagne game. Heck yeah! Get uh, get your believe- get your Michelob Ultra on. Uh, get your tall boys and get on the Vegas Strip ASAP because it's going down in uh, a few hours. Yeah, like an hour and a half. Um, as we record this. All right, so let's run it down. I'm gonna I'm gonna list off. Um, let, we'll just like kind of go down the list of teams, right? And and talk about why I think essentially every team except uh, Aces Dream. And I'll even I'll be nice. The Washington Mystics are every other team is volatile and we'll kind of go through and talk about why um, briefly. Right. It's already been 20 minutes. I want to talk your off too much. Uh, but Chicago Sky, a team that looked prime for a repeat uh, at points during this season, came into the playoffs as the number two seed, um, I believe. Right. They were the, they were the two seed. Correct. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Because they were I, I was just worried that like because they had number one and then they dropped it right before. Um, but yeah, you only really have Ruthie, Kalia, Julie Aleman, Dana Evans, 
that's basically everybody they have on roster for this coming season. And so that's why I look at this team and I go, okay, there's question marks, right? Candace Parker. We don't know if she's coming back for another year. It feels like maybe a year or two more and likely stay in Chicago, but there's nothing guaranteed about that, right? Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, what's up with that, right? We all know the talk of Quigley was she was essentially about to retire before this past year. Um, Courtney Vandersloot was close to being offered a bunch of money to not play in the WNBA uh, in this past season. Didn't end up happening. Maybe it happens this year, the Diana Taurasi game. Um, as I like to call it, as Ray Stevens, Emma Meesman, like all there's just not any continuity or set and set roster for this team moving forward. And that's why you got to look, you know, James Wade has his work cut out for him. He's shown already that he can build a terrific roster. The question is, what does that roster look like next year? And for that reason, I have them on my volatile list. Any thoughts? A hundred percent. I mean, I think that you know, uh, the sky did what they set out to do. They brought the first title in franchise history uh, to the city and did it in a year, by the way, in which they were, you know, 16 and 16 in the regular season, sixth in net rating, really a, um, an outlier in WNBA history. I, you know, a, a funny little stat that I'm going to dive into more in this offseason uh, is that no team other than the sky outside of being first and sec or second in net rating has won the title. Every team in WNBA history who has won the title was either first or second in regular season net rating, except for the sky who were sixth. So it's like, you know, that, that championship was extremely impressive and Wade did everything in his power to, to, to maximize their title window and extend it a year into this season. And they had a shot. I mean, they had two chances to win one game to go to the finals so, I, you know, this season is obviously a disappointment for them. But I think if you look, you know, at what they did in two years, bringing Candace Parker, you know, home to Illinois and winning a title, you can't really view it as a as a disappointment. I think what's exciting about this offseason, as you mentioned, is that we finally get to see what James Wade can do not under a salary cap crunch. We finally get to see what James Wade wants to do when he's basically just got like open books like Ka is the core of this team she is under contract for one more season and then as you mentioned they've got like some small contracts from players who who played on the bench and that's about it I I think Quiggs is going to retire I, I have no sources I just that is my feeling I think Courtney Vandersloot's future is very much up in the air as far as her playing stateside we know she's going overseas this season does she have anything left to prove in the W or the really the drive to want to keep doing that? Uh, and Candace Parker has so much other stuff going on, has won two titles, has won MVP, has accomplished everything you can in this league and, uh, you know, might not want to, to keep you know up with the rigors of a WNBA season and what that entails and who could blame her. I would not be surprised in the slightest. I, oh, and stop it. I would blame her because I like it watching her play basketball. So I want to <laughs> see her play more basketball. Me too. But yeah, that that's basically it on the sky is like this team, you know, did the thing in 2021, you know, couldn't back it up this year, but certainly not for lack of trying. And now they have a completely open, you know, salary cap sheet. And I think it's kind of fun. It's like, yeah, their stock is not, up right now in the sense that it was skyrocketing pun fully intended after 2021 uh but 
let's be real. Like you shouldn't be down if you're a if you're a Sky fan right now. You have Ka, the Finals MVP. You've got Dana Evans. You got these talented young players who might be able to get some more playing time. Let's let's really hope. And uh, and who knows what they'll do in free agency? I think that they're going to be very active and probably bring in some really good players. Chicago's making the playoffs again. Like this is not going to be a team that goes like full rebuild. They will. Still oh yeah. Be competitive. Well, the point of the point is that every team besides our two up teams and Washington has so many question marks. Um, or possible or legit possible question marks that it's like, okay, you know, the, there's no consistency of what this stock is going to be. Like during the off season, there's going to be points where there's going to be other teams remade. And then this team looks like they're SOL or they're going to make some moves and look amazing. But then a different team makes some moves and they look ho- like, that's what the point is, is all these teams are going to be fluctuating a lot. Connecticut sun, a team that you've got to be looking and going, Duana Bonner, Alyssa Thomas, John Quell Jones, Jasmine Thomas, all under contract, right? Your three of your, uh, you know, best players. I'm going to let you decide which are the three. Um, but Bree Jones and Courtney Williams and Natisha Heidemann, really the only uh, free agents that they have to worry about. But as we all know, if you haven't been living under a rock, this team has not been able to, to finish the deal. Um, look, End of the day, I'm not going to sit here and say I have Kurt Miller in my ear saying he's leaving or I have, you know, president of operations in Connecticut in my ear saying he's leaving. What I'm saying is, is that don't be surprised because um, as a very wise person, Rachel Galligan once once told me or taught me, I should say, when it comes to coaches, it's kind of like surfing. You have to be able to ride the wave and anticipate what's going to happen, because if you wait for, you know, to be reactionary as opposed to be ready for what's going to happen and, and plan ahead and see what's coming, then you're just going to be wiped out and, and knocked under and hit a, hit a riptide and insert hang 10 or some other surfing joke, uh, analogy, whatever it is. Point is, is it kind of feels like that was the end of the road for the Connecticut sun as we know them. Um, would I be shocked if a John Cole Jones or Alyssa Thomas, like, would I be shocked if, Dewana, Dewana, AT, John Quill, and Jasmine Thomas are all together next year in Connecticut. Yeah, kind of. And that's the point that I'm at. That, that's why I'm like, okay, we're going to see some movement here. Yes, basically everyone else is a free agent. Yes, you have Dijon Carrington. Um, but yeah, now I'm talking too long about Connecticut. Owen? I mean, I feel like I'm also going to be talking too long and going in circles because this is like one of the hardest teams to to kind of pin down in terms of like what we deem success or what we deem failure. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no well, Owen, success is, is multiple titles and never ever losing and failure is not getting that. So. <laughs> so true. I mean, that's kind of like, I know you say it in jest, but that that's kind of like the point to me, which is really funny is like, you know, this team should not be ashamed of what it's accomplished over the last four years at all. And yet what, people are going to remember is that they couldn't get over the finish line to accomplish the ultimate goal, but not, not that they didn't achieve amazing things. I mean, this season would have been deemed a failure if they had lost game four or game five against Chicago, but they didn't, they, they kind of pulled that series out in a way that none of us expected 
And then they, they really, you know, gave it to Vegas in game three and avoided the sweep and really battled admirably in that final game. I mean, before Raquana, you know, goes off for those eight straight points, I thought Connecticut is forcing a game five. We're going back to Vegas and all the pressures on the aces. This team did some amazing things the past four years and really shouldn't hang their heads about it. Ultimately, now we have gotten to a point where they are, in my opinion, the most intriguing team this offseason because it's kind of the opposite of like, you know, where a lot of other teams are at where, okay, players are finally, uh, their contracts have have expired and now they've got a lot of flexibility and there are a lot of different directions in which they could go. Whereas you look at Connecticut and like you said, Jasmine, John Quell, Alyssa and Dewana are all under contract for next season what what are we seeing in terms of a roster construction standpoint? Because I think a lot of people feel like this core needs to be broken up in some way to start maximizing players individually. And I think the real, you know, interesting piece here is Brianna Jones, who is the unrestricted free agent and who was making 120000 this year and who is due for a big raise. I, if I had to venture a guess, again, with no sources would say that either Alyssa Thomas or John Quill Jones will not be on this team next year. And I don't want that to be the case. I, I really enjoy this team and I really want success for these players individually. But like you said, how many times can you, can you go at it and be the top regular season team and get so close and ultimately not achieve the ultimate goal of winning a ring before you say, okay, we need to shake things up. I think that's where they're at. And the last note I'll mention here. Dewana Bonner, legend, Hall of Famer, really, you know, gave it her all. Just such a fun player to watch. But ultimately, she is 35 years old and will be making the most money on this team next year, you know, making the max. That's a player where the the, the son had to make that move. And of course you want Dewana. And Dewana was so instrumental in them beating Chicago. Like, she is just a legend. But she is past her prime and she is making in her prime money. And it's going to be a little difficult for Connecticut, especially if they move on from Kurt Miller, which, by the way, Kurt Miller is one of the best coaches in this league. I don't think it's automatic that you would want to, to move on from him. Um, but something needs to change. Something likely will change. And can they compete in 2023 for a title with Dewana being the highest paid player on the team? It remains to be seen. Yeah, no, all valid points. Uh, Dallas Wings next team. Just let go of VJ Vicky Johnson, their head coach of the past two years. Um, interesting situation in the sense of Alicia Gray, supposedly, as reports came out, uh, requested a trade or would like to be traded this offseason. Or I believe the report was something to the effect of um, will likely not be. I, I, I'm not even going to try and quote it because I don't have it in front of me. But Alicia Gray on contract. Izzy Harrison is not on contract, though. Caleb Thornton, Satu Savali, Ty Harris, Arike. Um, are all the the guaranteed? Yes, they also got Jasmine Dickey, Veronica Burton, a walk, uh, and Charlie Collier. But then Marina and Tierra McCowan are both restricted free agents. For me, this team, like, I, and I said this on the podcast with Rachel earlier today. I'll say it again. It really boils down to the leadership. And and when you look at the Aces and you look at the Dream, you look at a few of these other teams, they have leadership. Um, I have a lot of questions about Dallas leadership, Greg Bibb, a lot of question marks there. Um, I mean, how I, I joked, uh, and I probably shouldn't say this live, but like I joked with Rachel earlier today when I was texting with her 
we were just talking about Dallas and I was like, I mean, Dallas is kind of like WNBA coaches retirement home, right? Like they go there, they hang out for a few years and then they leave and they're done with the league. Um, a lot of questions. I, I, I don't even think I have to explain. I'll let you ex- if you want to. But Dallas, I feel like is pretty self-explanatory why they're on the volatile uh, list. Totally. They are like the poster team for volatility. We've we've talked about it all through the year. Like when we were doing the weekly stocks podcast, it'd be stock up, stock down, stock up. I mean, this team for years, like w- with the ultimate trajectory of a team that's very unstable. And like you said, ownership, a lot of question marks. Um, it, it seems like there just needs to be a culture shift because, you know, so many good players have, have played for the wings for a little while and then wanted out. Uh, I mean, I think one thing I, I feel almost more confident in predicting than anything. And again, it must be said that all of my predictions and, and inklings come without sources. So oh, I thought, I thought you were going to say always come true. <laughs> I'd like to be that confident. I was like, Owen, I'm loving it. Okay. Yes, go for it, man. <laughs> I'm riding high off the Aces finals victory. But I would be shocked if Alicia Gray and, and Izzy Harrison are on this team in 2023, which means that that kind of paves the way for them to really you know, go, go all in with the young talent they have on this team. There's so many players. That's always been the issue for the last handful of seasons is that you know certain players drafted in the first round with tons of potential just can't get enough minutes because there's simply not enough to go around. I think it's fascinating that they moved on from Vicky Johnson. She is not the problem with this team at all. I mean, at all. if anything, like she was a person who really kind of pushed this team into the playoffs. I mean, Tierra McCowan deserves a ton of credit. And I think that's where the most interesting decisions are going to come from the wings this offseason is with the restricted free agents, Mabry and McCowan, how much they value those two players and whether anyone forces their hand throwing a large offer sheet at at one of them and then seeing whether Dallas is going to blink and and match or let them walk um but ultimately you know Vicky got a lot out of this bunch and yes Izzy Harrison wasn't happy with with her role and I totally understand that I I I wouldn't be surprised if other players had feelings you know about the coaching but if you look at the results, like Vicky got that team into the playoffs. They beat the Connecticut Sun in one game very definitively. Like they they forced a game three. They were, you know, within a point or two at halftime. That's a good successful season from the Wings. Vicky Johnson deserves a lot of credit. I'm not sure she totally got a, a fair shake, uh, you know, here this year in Dallas. But ultimately, it's like th- this team's issues go way beyond coaching and and they have, you know, maybe more question marks than just about anyone other than Connecticut, who we just talked about. But question marks are a common theme. Let's keep it rolling because let's keep it rolling. Um, I I do want to just put out my grievance with you real quick. I completely disagree, just in the sense of um, I agree with everything you said. I don't want to see more minutes uh, for some of these younger players, Charlie Collier, only because I think something that's holding this team back is the fact that they didn't give vets like Izzy more minutes, more time to lead this team on the court. And I think that was a huge issue, but that's a whole nother episode that we can debate on. Um, Next team, because the Indiana Fever are our one down team, uh, the Los Angeles Sparks. Who do they have on contract for 2023? Katie Lou and Kennedy Carter for a combined 200K, basically. Um, 
NECA free agent, Chrissy Tolliver free agent, Amanda Zowie be suspended, Shanae Gumake uh, free agent, Brittany Sykes free agent, Dor- uh, Jordan Canada free agent. Yeah, they got uh, Olivia Nelson Adota, Ray Burrell, Jasmine Walker, um, you know, but I'm talking about, you know, the big name players, whatever. This this is a complete rebuild, right? They don't have a GM. They don't have a coach. Um, they need to bring in somebody for that. They're, again, this is like Dallas Wings were poster child. This is a poster child in a different way in the sense of volatility because it's L.A., right? You know, they're going to do some splashy hire. There's going to be some question marks in that hire, even if we love it, even if it is Lisa Leslie. There's still question marks if it's Lisa Leslie, right? Because she hasn't really had that much coaching experience. And I'm using Lisa Leslie as, a, as an example because the Sparks like to do something splashy, a little, a little uh, irregular. The question remains like, can they retain NECA? It sounds like she wants to stay, and that means Shanae has to come with. What else does that mean for the ability of this team to bring in a new GM and a coach and shape a roster and build a team? I just think you look at the Sparks and like, was this past season a disappointment? Heck yeah. They put all the chips in. They said either we're going to win it all or it's going to be going down in flames. It went down in flames. But can they be the Phoenix and rise from the ashes? I I just want to give a, a a quick little, you know, aside before I get into the Sparks, because the Sparks just make me sad to talk about sometimes. I'm like, man, <laughs> what went wrong? I don't even have much to say. But I just want to do a quick little 30 seconds on Indiana just so their fans you know, don't feel like we're we're shorting them here, you know, in talking about every team but them. Yes, obviously the the definitive down stock of the year. Kind of another wasted season in the sense that why did you go into the season with Marianne Stanley as coach if you were just waiting to fire her and then go with an interim who you're not bringing back? It's weird that you wouldn't start that process as soon as possible. But ultimately, you know, the fact that they are a down stock is, is undeniable. And yet it's like, okay, this team is going to have another great draft pick. Melissa Smith was awesome this year. Queen Egbo, other rookies like really showed promise. Uh, you know, Kelsey Mitchell was one of the biggest all-star snubs, whether you think she deserved a spot or not. She had another really good offensive season. This team, it's do or die now, like not in terms of competing, but in terms of finally just having a stable upward trajectory. So yes, they are starting at the bottom. They are the one down stock. But I just must say that like if you're an Indiana fan, I'd be looking forward to next year. I'd be really irate that it didn't happen this year in terms of like establishing that new culture and, and hiring a, a long-term coach. But it's like, okay, now now there's promise here. They got a lot of, of, of draft capital. It'll be interesting to see where they go. As far as the Sparks, um, what is going on with this team? I think ultimately uh, the, the thing that, that must be said above all is like, they need to get back. They, I think the Sparks operate under the assumption that we are one of the, the titans of this league, which they are. They're in one of the two biggest markets. They've had extreme levels of success and just been like one of the premier places to play in this league since the league's inception. Uh, they can't just do what they did this past offseason, which is like put band-aids on a larger injury and say, hey, we just want to compete. We want to do it all in one year and we're just going to make these kind of rash decisions and then just hope that we can kind of finagle our way into a contender. That's not how it works. Like even the Sparks, even teams like Los Angeles have to kind of have some foresight in their decision making and say, okay, this might take a couple years, but we need to reestablish ourselves 
as like not a laughing stock. Let's be real. Derek Fisher left this team in shambles. Candace Parker left, won a ring. Chelsea Gray and Raquana Williams left, won a ring. And what does LA have to show for the last two seasons? Nothing. Absolutely nothing to the point where, you know, they they are lucky that the one player... Not even draft picks. Not even draft picks. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, he left this team in shambles. Absolute shambles. They would have had a great draft pick this year, but nope, they trade it. They think that they're going to be competitive. They decide that a year of Liz Cambage is better than, than uh, you know, having Amanda Zowie B, which is its own podcast, because that says a lot. Like, as Amanda Zowie B was loyal... And she got wronged in that situation and ultimately had the last laugh because, man, was that a disaster this year for L.A. But, like, this team just needs to reestablish some stability. They are lucky that Neka Agumike is so loyal and such an awesome person because, man, basically any other player would be like, yo, I am out. I got my ring. I got my MVP. I have nothing, you know, left to, to, to give you guys. Um, and the fact that NECA still wants to stay and is still like an all-star means that, okay, well, they have a, they have a building block. They could still build a very intriguing team with all this cap space, but they don't have draft picks. They, they could have like a, a, a really, really big rookie coming in if they, if they hadn't made that, that trade and, um, look like they just need to find a coach who is going to be respected you know, Simone Augustus would obviously be a name that would be really cool. If Kurt Miller is at all available, you you do everything you can to make him your coach. Um, they just need to get back to like some version of, you know, not just thinking that you can build a contender in like 30 seconds because, man, this team is a mess. I love the way you put that. Next up, Minnesota Lynx, my hometown team. Similar situation uh, in Minnesota where you have a legend similar to, I don't even know what, but legend moving on in Sylvia Fowles. Um, Tamiris Dantes is an unrestricted free agent. Rachel Banham, Bridget Carlton and Mariah Jefferson, all unrestricted or sorry, Bridget is a restricted free agent. Then um, you have Kayla McBride, Ariel Powers, Nelia Chanwa and Afisa Collier, um, you know, secured on this roster, which is a great sign for this team in many ways. But I think, when you look at what we've seen for through the time with Kale McBride and Ariel Powers, like end of the day, it looks like they aren't the most reliable players together. You know, similar to an Alyssa Thomas, John Quill Jones, in the sense of are they the best when they're both on the court? Uh, do they feed off each other best type situation? Lots of questions there. I, and from my understanding, Cheryl Reeves' contract is is up, and the question mark is, you know, what's her connection to the new regime? As new ownership takes over in Minnesota in the next few years, where does new ownership, you know, decide uh, Cheryl Reeves pieces with this team? So many question marks. Um, looking at the salary cap now, seeing that Jessica Shepard's getting 120 is wild in my mind um, coming this next year. But you know what? You look at this team, there's some moves to be made. They have cap space. It's going to be interesting to see if they can attract. They need a point guard and they need someone else in the front court. So can they attract? a few big names during this offseason. Um, I think a lot of that ties to Shell Reeve and what Nafisa can do to kind of, uh, you know, entice players to join. Thoughts on Minnesota? Uh, yeah, I think you nailed it. The fun thing for me, when, when is the last time Minnesota has had a lottery pick? Like, we get to see them inject some some youth. I mean, it feels like Nafisa was a lottery pick because she's that good, but she was sixth overall. Um, you know, I, I'm super excited to, to see Nafisa back 
at at full strength and just kind of like okay you know Sill is the goat and and she was still playing at such a high level but now now the future you can kind of get started in this new era of Lynx basketball so I'm really excited to see who they they bring in through the draft um, you know they'll start to have more flexibility going forward from a cap perspective as you said you know Jess Chef Jess Shepard making 120. I don't want to hate on another Notre Dame player who I always say is an awesome person and I feel bad, but you know, Natalie Achanwa has been under the, the worst contract in the league. You know, this will be the third and final year of it. Um, and, and she's awesome in so many other ways, but that is tough to build a true contender. You know, when you have someone making 155,000 who really is not like a a major factor on the court. So I don't think that Minnesota should rush into like being like, we're going to win the title in 2023, right? You have Nafisa Collier secured through 2025. She is the player that matters here. You want to be smart in the draft, get another building block. I mean, if they somehow lucked their way into a Leah Boston, that would be the ultimate player to pair alongside Nafisa that is unlikely, but they just need to be smart and, and patient and kind of say, okay, we're we're into a new era here and let's just see what we can do with the players we have right now and then uh, and assess again in the summer, you know, uh, in the next offseason because then the books will truly be open. And I'll go short on New York because I know I'm sure uh, you can share some better insight on it. But New York, I mean, the, the volatility in my mind is just this team has a lot of money tied up um, on a lot of players. And the question truly is, is this roster built to have deep playoff success? There's going to be some question marks of some overseas player on the prioritization coming in for this season. Maybe they're able to luck out because they haven't had that many years of service, but there's definitely still questions about that. Um, thoughts on New York and kind of, you know, have we seen them kind of top out where they're going to go? Or is this a team um, and I think that's kind of where in my mind the volatility is of we don't know if this team is built to have long term deep playoff run success or if we're going to keep seeing uh, this season, which I think, you know, very easily could be described as volatile. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you're saying and I also disagree. It's kind of a mix like nothing you're saying is wrong at all. I, I would I would actually say that New York is is maybe another argument for stock up. Um, and I would say that this is a team built for a deep playoff run going forward. I think that this is a very successful season. We saw Sabrina make the leap that everyone had been waiting for. That is extremely essential to this team's long-term hopes. I mean, they, they had a home playoff game. They had a home playoff game in which they had a chance to beat the defending champs in the fourth quarter, were within four points or whatever it was. The building was rocking. The fact that they had a game at Barclays Center in the playoffs means that this was a successful season for this team, especially considering that Benajelani missed essentially the whole season, almost the whole season. One of the three key core building blocks of this team they, the injury report, you know, was not was not uh, empty until like the very end of the season. So the fact that they were able to overcome that, see significant growth from their youngest, you know, building block in Sabrina, and then really, you know, make a push and win that that game one in Chicago. I think this team is primed to only continue to get better. And I think the last thing I'll say on that, because you're right, like they have a lot of people who are making, you know, significant money, obviously, 
not nearly as significant as it should be, but under the salary cap, significant money uh, in 2023. I think ultimately the thing that makes me very bullish on this team's uh, trajectory long term is number one, I think they have shrewd people in the front office making decisions. Shout out to Ben Dahl. And number mm-hmm. two, I think that we just saw the blueprint in Las Vegas for a team whose ownership is willing to invest money in these amazing players and people uh, in these organizations. The Aces said, you know what? We are going to spend on a coach. We are going to invest in an infrastructure that that really has some real viability long-term uh, instead of just kind of being haphazard about it. And I think that New York is the other franchise that's doing it. You know, they want to charter these flights for these players. They want to improve these facilities. They're cheaters, and dirty they- <laughs> char- charter flight cheaters. And they want to be a place that is known for really taking care of its own and and being an attractive free agent destination. Now, obviously, Stewie is the dream. Uh, I don't think that's likely to happen, but I do think it's possible. And the fact that it's possible uh, is, is really due to the fact that they are investing uh, in these players and making it a, an attractive place to play. And so I think for that reason alone, even if they don't get the dream, you know, Stewie signing this offseason, they are very well situated going forward to, to make deep playoff runs and be successful. Well, just so people know, uh, if they want to do the Stewie signing, they're gonna make they're gonna have to make some moves, but not not the important part right now. Next team, Phoenix Mercury. The volatility is written on Twitter, right? With clown emojis, with uh, with their team PR putting out you know bad videos, not giving enough credit to other players on their team. Under contract next year, Skyler, Diamond, and Bree Turner. That's it. That is it. Um, there. First of all, can't believe we went 50 minutes without saying free Brittany Griner, free BG uh, till the end. Get her home right now. Um, this team is volatile. Diana Taurasi, probably not retiring. Free agent, which means how much money is she willing to take? Is she willing to do the Sue Bird route so this team can build something? Is she willing to take a back seat as far as, you know, being the leader of this team as the best player. Like, is she able to understand she's no longer the best player? And realistically, she's not the second best either. Um, This team has a new coach. There's obviously, we're not even going to get into the whole ownership thing, um, but has some definite might be, hopefully is some changing uh, in the guard of ownership for Phoenix. But there's so many questions for this team on the court, off the court and everything in between. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, this team is the, yeah, just another great case of volatility. Thoughts on the Mercury? Yeah, I don't have too much to add for sure. Free Brittany Griner is the the ultimate message here and, and a lost season for this team that ultimately just really didn't matter in comparison to the real world issues they were all going through. So no one can blame them. The, the, the fact they made the playoffs, as I said at the time, was an awesome achievement and uh, just, you know, our thoughts are with Brittany Griner and her family always because it's just been far too long. Um, and I think looking forward with this team, I mean, you you definitely nailed it. Obviously, we don't know what what's going to happen with BG's situation. And when your best player is in such a, a, a horrible situation, it's hard to really even look forward at all other than, than just bringing her home. 
um, if we are going to look on the court. I mean, I think that, that you really nailed it in terms of DT kind of going the Sioux route and saying, okay, I'm willing to take a minimum because I want to still compete. We know she is one of the ultimate competitors. She is one of the most accomplished, greatest players this league has ever seen. She is also 40 years old and was making max money last year, not playing at the the level of a max player, even though she had great moments. I think where this team went wrong last offseason was in kind of, and I don't have the inside scoop, so I, I don't want to kind of speak as if I'm, extremely knowledgeable about the inner workings of the Mercury uh, front office. But I think it's fair to say that Vanessa Nygaard being hired was kind of a a move made to maybe not appease Diana Taurasi, but a coach that she wanted to see brought in. And I think you look around the league, I mean, look at who we let off this podcast with, the Aces and the Dream, the two teams who undeniably their stock is up. And you could even add New York as the third team. What do those two or three teams have in common? New head coaching hires who knocked it out of the park this year. Tanisha Wright, Becky Hammond, Sandy Brondello with just awesome seasons, especially Becky and Tanisha, just really uh, kind of shifting the culture. And what happened in Phoenix was kind of the opposite. And again, it was like there were factors that you know were really difficult and out of their control that I, I don't put the blame on anyone individually. But then there were other things like the you know Skyler All Star situation and just stuff where it felt like there was strife in the in the locker room. And I'm not sure Vanessa is the coach for this team going forward. Um, and so you know they have a lot of decisions to make. The Tina Charles situation, everyone kind of penciled them in as, oh, they're going to be a, a, a real contender here. And then she leaves. There's just a lot going on with this team. And and it's really tough to, to say anything definitively other than free BG. So I think I'll just leave it at that. But definitely question marks moving forward. Last team, Seattle Storm. Seattle Storm, why are they volatile? Well, it's the end of the Sue Bird era. Well, they got... Two players on contract for next year. That's Jewel Lloyd and Mercedes Russell. Honestly, two players that I would love to start a team with. Don't get me wrong. Um, Mercedes Russell, underrated. If she would have been healthy this year, I think we might have been talking about a very different playoffs. I still think the Aces win, but maybe at game five. Um, Yeah, and like what we just talked about with the New York thing. Brandon Stewart, question marks where she's going. Uh, Will she stay in Seattle? Will she decide to go somewhere else? A lot of question marks up there. They still have a young coach. They have proven GMs. Um, a lot of positive things on this team. But still, I mean, this is a pretty blank slate roster. And your best player, uh, argue, you know, one of the top two best players in the world, number two right now, um, is a free agent. What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? If you're not saying this is a volatile, uh, uncertain market, uncertain stock, you're crazy. Thoughts on the storm, Owen? Yeah, totally. Well, first off, I mean, the disrespect for Washington continues. We have two... T- no, no, no. Wait, wait. I know there's one more. T- I don't think Washington is volatile. Okay. And I'll explain sure. why. We'll get to Sorry. Washington. I just you know, they, they already got swept by Seattle. We don't need to pile it on. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I know we're going to get to them. Uh, yeah, I think you nailed it on Seattle. Uh, certainly question marks and just kind of like inevitable question marks, right? I mean, this team has just been amazing for forever it feels like you know four four titles and and two in the last four or five years 2018 2020 so i guess i guess the last five years but like 
you know, this team has accomplished everything and now Sue has retired and they are going to kind of embark onto a new era, uh, much like Minnesota is. I think, again, with no sources, I think Stewie is going to stay. I think if she plays, obviously she could sit out with the whole prioritization thing. She could just go overseas. She's got so many options, could really do anything, and no one would would have anything to say about it. I, I, I'm of the mind that, like, why would she want to go elsewhere? This is, you know, arguably the best fan base crowd to play in front of. Although, man, Vegas looked lit in games one and two of the finals. Uh, and and God, that was just a fun series. Awesome to have those two fan bases kind of developing like a very friendly rivalry. Um, but I think that, you know, Stewie could kind of follow the the LeBron route if she wanted to. Sign up, give me the max money for one year and then I'll reassess in a year and see where I'm at. But Jewel Lloyd's under contract for this season. Um, you mentioned Mercedes Russell definitely w- was a, a major absence this year. And I just hope she's all right um, and her spirits are up because that was a, a tough situation for sure. I don't think we see Gabby Williams anymore in the WNBA, which would be a big bummer. But, um, you know, this team really has a lot of flexibility in terms of what they want to do. And they're a really well-run organization. Why would Stewie not say, hey, I want to run it back with Jewel. We're like, you know, a dynamic one-two punch. Um, and, you know, you, 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 you lock up Ezzy long-term, and then you really got the, the, the makings of another fun era of Storm basketball because you know people are going to want to come play in Seattle. So I think that this team has a bazillion question marks, much like many of the teams we're talking about here. But I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think Noel Quinn did awesome things. This coaching staff was great. They deserve so much credit. Noel Noel Quinn w- was amazing this year. Shout out to Pokey on the on the uh, on the coaching staff. Uh, just awesome WNBA mind. So I think that like this team, you know, kind of played to their level this year. I don't think they were one of the two best teams in the league this year. They were right under that, and they really battled. And Stewie was unreal and in the in the series against uh, Vegas and and they came up short to the champions and there's really no shame in that they've they've definitely got some some fun times ahead if they can bring Stewie back and really it just depends on where she's at to quickly wrap up Washington Mystics our last team they're not volatile because they got Delhi Cloud Maisha and Ariel Atkins and Shakira Austin all on contract next year so it's really just about filling in the pieces finding the right players Tiana Hawk and Shatori uh, Rui, Avina, all players and Jasmine Jones, all players um, who are not right. Like they are not on contract. They're not guaranteed spots on this team. Alicia Clark too, Elizabeth Williams. Also, there's a lot of question marks on that. But for the most part, those are just role players who are just going to piece in there. Um, so the Washington Mystics sit nicely. Thoughts on the Mystics? Yeah, Washington has to feel great about where they're at. I'll be brief because we're, you know, brushing up on an hour. But hey, what a fitting way to end the year, right? To, to just dive all the way in. Um, such a fun season. Yeah, I think Washington, it was disappointing that they really didn't bring it in that final game against Seattle because that first game was so electric. And I think we all kind of assumed that series would go three and be down to the wire. And they they ran out of gas. They ran out of gas. But they have a lot to look forward to. And I think the biggest thing that, that you didn't mention is Mike Tebow just he's he's in the lottery. I mean, he's got a team. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's yeah. And they could they could have a chance at Aaliyah Boston, which would be super fascinating because then it's like 
do a Leanne Shakira fit? There'd be a bazillion questions, all of them very good questions to be asking if you're a Mystics fan. Um, but I think that like, I, I'm, I'm just excited to see we're now basically a year removed, a season removed, not a full calendar year, but a season removed from the Shakira Austin, Ryan Howard trade. Um, and I just am going to be so uh, excited to see how this progresses year after year in terms of how we grade that trade, because, you know, a season removed from it. And it's like one of the great win-win trades that we've really seen. Atlanta has to feel thrilled about who they got and where they are at going forward. And if you're Washington, Shakira Austin was amazing in her rookie season, a defensive, uh, just, I mean, she, her defense is already at all-star levels, which you very rarely see from rookies. Her offense still has, has a lot of room to grow, but is very, very promising. She is, is a dynamic young player and you get a top pick in this draft where you could add another absolutely game-changing young player. So while you have some players who are kind of on the, you know, the back nine of their careers, maybe you then have Ariel Atkins and Shakira Austin and whoever they draft this year who are just getting started and have so much to, to still give in the game of basketball that if you're Washington, you got that title in 2019 and, and you still just got to feel great about where things are at. Cause it's a very, well-run organization and and a team with a lot of a lot of promising prospects well it's been an amazing season uh i speak for owen and myself i say thank you to all the listeners who have enjoyed WNBA stocks great idea i gotta tip my cap to owen uh for the idea we'll be doing it throughout the off season when major moves happen discussing where it moves the needle if it doesn't move the needle um and so on and so forth owen will definitely be back don't worry listeners uh, but thank you, Owen, for the idea, for joining me, uh, for all your hard work and just another amazing season. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And, and thank you for the opportunity. Had an amazing time. Awesome season for us, I think. And uh, yeah, can't wait to, to keep grinding here as we uh, get into the off season. We'll be back. Oh, and I should say thanks for joining us on the playback streams. We'll be doing those for college basketball games and overseas professional games. The link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash winsider. That's getplayback.com backslash room backslash winsider. And we will throw our affiliate links for uh, um, the breaking tea and uh, homage. We have our links that you can use to buy uh, their WNBA merch. I got championship stuff and fanatics also drop it in the show notes. Have a good one.